This is Holden Karnofsky doing an amateur read-through of my blog post, AI Safety Seems Hard to Measure. In previous pieces, I argued that there's a real and large risk of AI systems developing dangerous goals of their own and defeating all of humanity, at least in the absence of specific efforts to prevent this from happening. A young, growing field of AI safety research tries to reduce this risk by finding ways to ensure that AI systems behave as intended rather than forming ambitious aims of their own and deceiving and manipulating humans as needed to accomplish them. Maybe we'll succeed in reducing the risk, and maybe we won't. Unfortunately, I think it could be hard to know either way. This piece is about four fairly distinct-seeming reasons this could be the case, and that AI safety could be an unusually difficult sort of science. This piece is aimed at a broad audience because I think it's important for the challenges here to be broadly understood. I expect powerful, dangerous AI systems to have a lot of benefits, commercial, military, etc., and to potentially appear safer than they are, so I think it will be hard to be as cautious about AI as we should be. I think our odds look better if many people understand, at a high level, some of the challenges in knowing whether AI systems are as safe as they appear. First, I'll recap the basic challenge of AI safety research and outline what I wish AI safety research could be like. I wish it had this basic form. You apply a test to the AI system. If the test goes badly, you try another AI development method and test that. If the test goes well, we're probably in good shape. I think car safety research mostly looks like this. I think AI capabilities research mostly looks like this. Then, though, I'll give four reasons that apparent success in AI safety can be misleading. Then I have a table. So, Basic idea is if, if you're thinking, great news, I've tested this AI and it looks safe, why might we still have a problem? And there's four problems we still might have when your AI appears to behave safely. First is what I call the Lance Armstrong problem. The key question is, did we get the AI to be actually safe or good at hiding its dangerous actions? The explanation is that when dealing with an intelligent agent, it's hard to tell the difference between behaving well and appearing to behave well. When professional cycling was cracking down on performance-enhancing drugs, Lance Armstrong was very successful and seemed to be unusually clean. It later came out that he had been using drugs with an unusually sophisticated operation for concealing them. So that's the problem, is knowing whether you're looking at unusually good deception or at what you wanted. The next problem is the King Lear problem. The question is, the AI is actually well-behaved when humans are in control, but will this transfer to when AIs are in control? And the explanation, it's hard to know how someone will behave when they have power over you based only on observing how they behave when they don't. AIs might behave as intended as long as humans are in control, but at some future point, AI systems might be capable and widespread enough to have opportunities to take control of the world entirely. It's hard to know whether they'll take those opportunities, and we can't exactly run a clean test of the situation. The analogy is to King Lear, a Shakespearean character, trying to decide how much power to give each of his daughters before abdicating the throne. Then the next one is the lab mice problem. The question is, today's subhuman AIs are safe, but what about future AIs with more human-like abilities? And the explanation is, today's AI systems aren't advanced enough to exhibit the basic behaviors we want to study, such as deceiving and manipulating humans. So. AI safety could be like trying to study medicine in humans by experimenting only on lab mice. Then we have the first contact problem. 
The key question is, if you imagine that tomorrow's human-like AIs are safe, how will things go when AIs have capabilities far beyond humans? The explanation, AI systems might collectively become vastly more capable than humans, and it's just really hard to have any idea what that's going to be like. As far as we know, there has never before been anything in the galaxy that's vastly more capable than humans in the relevant ways. No matter what we come up with to solve the first three problems, we can't be too confident that it'll keep working if AI advances or just proliferates a lot more. So AI safety research could be like trying to plan for first contact with extraterrestrials. This barely feels like an analogy. So that's the table of the four problems. Then I'll close with Ajay Akotra's young business person analogy, which in some sense ties these four concerns together. And a future piece will discuss some reasons for hope despite these problems. So that was the summary, and now uh, now to the main piece. First, I'll recap the basic challenge. Uh, previous piece laid out the basic case for concern about AI misalignment. In brief, if extremely capable AI systems are developed using methods like the ones AI developers use today, it seems like there's a substantial risk that first, these AIs will develop unintended aims, states of the world they make calculations and plans toward as a chess-playing AI aims for checkmate, Second, the AIs will deceive, manipulate, and overpower humans as needed to achieve those aims, and then eventually this could reach the point where AIs take over the world from humans entirely. I see AI safety research as trying to design AI systems that won't aim to deceive, manipulate, or defeat humans, even if and when these AI systems are extraordinarily capable and would be very effective at deception, manipulation, and defeat if they were to aim at it. That is, AI safety research is trying to reduce the risk of the above scenario, even if, as I've assumed, humans rush forward with training powerful AIs to do ever more ambitious things. Then I have an optional expanding box with more detail on why AI could make this the most important century, another box with why AI would aim to defeat humanity, another box with how AI could defeat humanity, uh, and these are all references to previous pieces, so I'm not going to go through these summaries here, but the web version of the piece does have these boxes that recap those points. Now we're going to get to the, to the bit about AI safety research. So next section. I wish AI safety research were straightforward. I wish it were like car safety research. While I'm sure this is an oversimplification, I think a lot of car safety research looks basically like this. Companies carry out test crashes with test cars. The results give a pretty good, not perfect, indication of what would happen in a real crash. Drivers try driving the cars in low-stakes areas without a lot of traffic. Things like steering wheel malfunctions will probably show up here. If they don't, and drivers are able to drive normally in low-stakes areas, it's probably safe to drive the car in traffic. None of this is perfect, but the occasional problem isn't, so to speak, the end of the world. The worst case tends to be a handful of accidents, followed by a recall and some changes to the car's design validated by further testing. Overall, if we have problems with car safety, we'll probably be able to observe them relatively straightforwardly under relatively low-stakes circumstances. In important respects, many types of research and development have this basic property. We can observe how things are going during testing to get good evidence about how they'll go in the real world. Further examples include medical research, chemistry research, software development, etc., and I have footnotes explaining how those are very, you know, prone to testing and observation. In fact, I would even say most AI research looks like this as well. People can test out what an AI system is capable of reliably doing, like translating speech to text, before integrating it into some high-stakes commercial product like Siri. This works both for ensuring that the AI system is capable, that is, that it does a good job with its tasks, and that it's safe in certain ways. So if we're worried about toxic language, you can test for that. 
The rest of this piece will be about some of the ways in which testing for AI safety fails to give us straightforward observations about whether, once AI systems are deployed in the real world, the world will actually be safe. While all research has to deal with some differences between testing and the real world, I think the challenges I'll be going through are unusual ones. So now for more detail on the four problems I listed at the beginning. We're going to start with the Lance Armstrong problem. Is the AI actually safe or good at hiding its dangerous actions? So first, to simplify matters, let's imagine that first we have AI systems available that can do roughly everything a human can, with some different strengths and weaknesses, but no huge difference in overall capabilities or economic value per hour of work. Next, we don't expect AI systems to get more powerful, so these human-level-ish systems are the only ones we have to worry about. If we can safely roll them out throughout the economy, we've solved the challenge of AI safety research. And we'll assume we're observing early signs that AI systems behave in unintended deceptive ways, such as giving wrong answers to questions we ask, or writing software that falsifies metrics, instead of doing the things the metrics were supposed to measure, such as software meant to make a website run faster might instead falsify metrics about its loading time. So we're observing some of that, and we theorize that modifying the AI training in some way will make AI systems less likely to behave deceptively. We try it out. And we find that, in fact, our AI systems seem to be behaving better than before. We are finding fewer incidents in which they behaved in unintended or deceptive ways. But that's just a statement about what we're noticing. Which of the following just happened? Did we just train our AI systems to be less deceptive? Or did we train our AI systems to be better at deception, and so to make us think they became less deceptive? Or did we just train our AI systems to be better at calculating when they might get caught in deception, and so to be less deceptive only when the deception would otherwise be caught? This one could be useful, especially if we're able to set up auditing systems in many real-world situations such that we could expect deception to be caught a lot of the time. But it does leave open the King Lear problem that I'll cover next. Now, we're hoping to be able to deploy AI systems throughout the economy. So, just like human specialists, they will almost certainly have some opportunities to be deceptive without being caught. The fact that they appear honest in our testing is not clear comfort against this risk. The analogy here is to competitive cyclist Lance Armstrong. Armstrong won the Tour de France race seven times in a row, while many of his competitors were caught using performance-enhancing drugs and disqualified. But more than five years after his last win, an investigation concluded that Armstrong had used performance-enhancing drugs over the course of his career and named him as the ringleader of the most sophisticated, professionalized, and successful doping program that sport has ever seen. Now, the list of the Tour de France winners looks like this. And I have a little image just showing that there is no winner seven years in a row. They had to strip all those titles. A broader issue here is that when AI systems become capable enough, AI safety research starts to look more like social sciences, studying human beings, than like natural sciences. Social sciences are generally less rigorous and harder to get clean results from, and one factor in this is that it can be hard to study someone who's aware they're being studied. Now, there's two broad categories of research offhand that might help with the Lance Armstrong problem. First, mechanistic interpretability can be thought of as analyzing the digital brains of AI systems, not just analyzing their behavior and performance. Currently, AI systems are black boxes in the sense that they perform well on tasks, but we can't say much about how they are doing it. Mechanistic interpretability aims to change this, which could give us the ability to mind-read AIs and detect deception. There could still be a risk that AI systems are arranging their own digital brains in misleading ways, but this seems quite a bit harder than simply behaving deceptively. 
Then some researchers work on what's called scalable supervision or competitive supervision. The idea is that if we are training an AI system that might become deceptive, we set up some supervision process for it that we expect to reliably catch any attempts at deception. This could be because the supervision process itself uses AI systems with more resources than the one being supervised, or because it uses a system of randomized audits where extra effort is put into catching deception. Then I have an optional expanding box explaining a little bit more of the idea that AI systems are black boxes that we can't understand the inner workings of by default. And I will not go through that here, it's on the web. Next section, the King Lear problem. How do you test what will happen when it's no longer a test? The Shakespeare play King Lear opens with the king, Lear, stepping down from the throne and immediately learning that he has left his kingdom to the wrong two daughters. Loving and obsequious while he was deciding their fate, they reveal their contempt for him as soon as he's out of power and they're in it. If we're building AI systems that can reason like humans, dynamics like this become a potential issue. Now, I previously, in a previous piece, noted that an AI with any ambitious aim, or just an AI that wants to avoid being shut down or modified, might calculate that the best way to do this is by behaving helpfully and safely in all tests human can devise. But once there's a real-world opportunity to disempower humans for good, that same aim could cause the AI to disempower humans. In other words, A, when we're developing and testing AI systems, we have the power to decide which systems will be modified or shut down and which will be deployed into the real world. We have the power, like King Lear deciding who will inherit his kingdom. B, but at some later point, these systems will be, by assumption, operating in the economy, in high numbers with a lot of autonomy. This possibility is spelled out a bit more in some links I provide. At that point, they may have opportunities to defeat all of humanity such that we never make decisions about them again, like King Lear's daughters after they've taken control. Then I have a, a box explaining a bit more how AI systems can defeat humanity, which I won't go into here. Now, if AI systems can detect the difference between A, when humans are in control, and B, when AIs are in control, then their behavior might systematically change from one to the other, and there's no clear way to test their behavior in the second situation, when AIs are in control. Going to go on a little divergent uh, tangent to talk about an example that's reminiscent of this, the, Volks, the Volkswagen emissions scandal. In 2015, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency found that Volkswagen had intentionally programmed engines to activate their emissions controls only during laboratory emissions testing, which caused the vehicle's nitrogen oxide output to meet U.S. standards during testing, but the vehicles emitted up to 40 times more nitrogen oxide in real-world driving. This is an example of the King Lear problem. There was a deliberate distinction made where the engines were behaving differently during tests and during real-world high-stakes use. I don't know much about this incident, but I'm guessing that regulators were able to detect the issue because of things like independent tests under road conditions and being able to understand the device that the Volkswagen cars use to create the misleading readings. Neither of these would necessarily apply to the King Lear problem as described for AI. You can test a car under road conditions to see its emissions, but you can't, or at least shouldn't, test how an AI behaves when it has an opportunity to disempower humans entirely. And AI systems also may be black boxes such that it's hard to understand what's going on inside them. Now, in general, getting back to the main text, modern machine learning researchers consider it challenging to handle what's called distributional shift. That means systematic differences between situations AIs were trained on and situations they're now in. To me, the King Lear problem looks like arguably the most inconvenient possible distributional shift. AI systems risk behaving in unexpected ways just as, and in fact because, they're now able to defeat humanity rather than being in a controlled test environment. 
Now I'll talk again about a couple lines of research that might help here. First, if we could solve the previous problem, the Lance Armstrong problem, robustly enough, such that we could be confident AIs were never, ever behaving deceptively, we could simply prompt AIs to answer questions like, would AI System X disempower humans given an opportunity to do so? There are some techniques that could imaginably get us there. Then there might be ways of specifically trying to target the worst case behavior of AI systems so that they're nearly guaranteed not to behave in certain ways regardless of their situation. This could look something roughly like simulating cases where an AI system has an opportunity to disempower humans and giving it negative reinforcement for choosing to do so. More on this sort of approach, along with some preliminary ongoing work and a link that I provide on the web. Next section, the lab mice problem. The AI systems we'd like to study don't exist today. Now above, I said when AI systems become capable enough, AI safety research starts to look more like social sciences studying human beings than like natural sciences. But today, AI systems are not capable enough, which makes it especially hard to have a meaningful test bed and make meaningful progress. Specifically, we don't have much in the way of AI systems that seem to deceive and manipulate their supervisors the way I worry that they might when they become capable enough. In fact, it's not 100% clear that AI systems could learn to deceive and manipulate supervisors even if we deliberately tried to train them to do it, and this makes it hard to even get started on things like discouraging and detecting deceptive behavior. I think AI safety research is a bit unusual in this respect. Most fields of research are not explicitly about solving problems that don't exist yet. A lot of research ends up useful for more important problems than the original ones it's studying, but it's often not explicitly about that. As a result, doing AI safety research today is a bit like trying to study medicine in humans by experimenting only on lab mice with no human subjects available. Now, this does not mean there's no productive AI safety research to be done. I've talked in previous sections about some of the work that's going on today and might be useful. But it does mean that the research being done today is somewhat analogous to research on lab mice. It's informative, it's important up to a point, but only up to a point. Now, how bad is this lab mice problem? I mean, I do think it's a temporary problem. By the time we're facing the problems I most worry about, we'll be able to study them more directly. The concern is that things could be very moving very quickly by that point. By the time we have AIs with humanish capabilities, companies might be furiously making copies of those AIs and using them for all kinds of things, including both AI safety research and further research on making AI systems faster, cheaper, and more capable. So I do worry about the lab mice problem, and I'd be excited to see more effort on making better model organisms. That's a generic term for things like lab mice. So, you know, making AI systems that show early versions of the properties we'd most like to study, such as deceiving their supervisors. I even think it could be worth training AI specifically to do this. I have a footnote on the risks of that. If such behaviors are going to emerge eventually, I think it's best for them to emerge early while there's relatively little risk of AIs actually defeating humanity. Next section, the first contact problem. How do we prepare for a world where AIs have capabilities vastly beyond those of humans? All of this piece so far has been about trying to make safe AI systems with human-like capabilities. But what about AI systems with capabilities far beyond humans, what Nick Bostrom calls superintelligent AI systems? Maybe at some point, AI systems will be able to do things like coordinate with each other incredibly well, such that it's hopeless to use one AI to help supervise another, or perfectly understand human thinking and behavior, and know exactly what words to say to make us do what they want, so just letting an AI send emails or write tweets gives it vast power, or manipulate their own digital brains so that our attempts to read their minds backfire and mislead us. Or reason about the world in completely different ways from humans, with concepts like global that are incredibly useful ways of thinking about the world, but humans couldn't understand with centuries of effort. 
If we get into that kind of world with AI systems like that, whatever methods we've developed for making human-like AI systems safe, honest, and restricted could fail, and silently, as such AI systems could go from behaving in honest and helpful ways to appearing honest and helpful while setting up opportunities to defeat humanity. Some people think this sort of concern about superintelligent systems is ridiculous. Some seem to consider it extremely likely. I'm not personally sympathetic to having a high confidence either way. But additionally, a world with huge numbers of human-like AI systems could be strange and foreign and fast-moving enough to have a lot of this quality. Trying to prepare for futures like these could be like trying to prepare for first contact with extraterrestrials. It's hard to have any idea what kinds of challenges we might be dealing with, and the challenges might arise quickly enough that we have little time to learn and adapt. Final section, the young business person. For one more analogy, I'll return to the one used by Ajay Kotra in a post that I linked to. Imagine that you are an eight-year-old whose parents left you a $1 trillion company and no trusted adult to serve as your guide to the world. You must hire a smart adult to run your company as CEO, handle your life the way that a parent would, such as deciding your school, where you'll live, where you, when you need to go to the dentist, and administer your vast wealth, like deciding where to invest it. You'll have to hire these grown-ups based on a work trial or interview you come up with. You don't get to see any resumes, you don't get to do reference checks, and because you're so rich, tons of people apply for all sorts of reasons. If your applicants are a mix of saints, people who genuinely want to help, sycophants, people who just want to make you happy in the short run, even when this is to your long-term detriment, and schemers, people who want to siphon off your wealth and power for themselves, how would you, an eight-year-old, tell the difference? This analogy combines most of the worries I've talked about throughout this piece. The young business person has trouble knowing whether candidates are truthful in interviews and trouble knowing whether any work trial actually went well or just seemed to go well due to deliberate deception. That's the Lance Armstrong problem. Job candidates could have bad intentions that don't show up until they're in power. That's the King Lear problem. If the young business person were trying to prepare for the situation before actually being in charge of the company, they could have a lot of trouble simulating it. That's the lab mice problem. And it's generally just hard for an eight-year-old to have much grasp at all on the world of adults, to even think about all the things they should be thinking about. That's the first contact problem. Overall, it seems like a tough situation. My previous piece talked about the dangers of AI if AI developers don't take specific countermeasures. This piece has tried to give a sense of why, even if they are trying to take countermeasures, doing so could be hard. The next piece will talk about some ways we might succeed anyway.